Well, how are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Now, I'll tell you guys, this is a gentleman that's sitting in His name is Bryce. Bryce is a good guy. He's not like some of the other ones. We've or other one. Well, we've had a few, but we've got some good guys on here. We've had one turd. It's it's all good though. Uh, I'm going to start something new. Okay, so if you guys are a veteran watching this, you guys have stories. It doesn't have to be in the in the Ukrainian war. It could be literally Iraq, Afghanistan. It'd be really cool if I have some guys from World War II, but there's not a lot of those left. That'd be pretty fucking That'd be, cool. That'd be pretty wild. But if you guys want to come on and please um, tell your story, I want to start doing this. I used to do this back in the day, like six, seven years ago. Please send me an email, veteranstruthpod at gmail.com. I'm just going to put it right here on screen. Go ahead and do it. Send me over an email. Please, um, uh, depending on who you are and what you've done and what year it is, I'm probably going to ask you for a little bit more uh, credentials, essentially. I'm going to want to see. It doesn't have to be your DD214, possibly, depending on who it is. I want to see some real stuff. I want to hear some real stories, where you've been. Because uh, I think some like getting a lot of stuff out there, it kind of gives uh, people, uh, not like myself, because I, I have I have a little bit of experience in it, but I'm saying like people that are sitting at home that don't have the um, knowledge of what it really feels like to to be in that kind of a situation. I want to hear them the firsthand experiences of the guys. Like this one who's sitting next to me, which you guys are going to find out here in a little bit. I found him, basically, he... He lost his right eye to a certain extent. He can't really read very much or see very much. It's very blurry. He took a... There's like 30. We're going to call it 40 mic yeah, round of the face. Russian 44. Yeah, whatever that is. Whatever whatever, whatever they're... I don't know what, what size caliber it is. Between 30 and 40, the same thing. Our 40 mic mic round. He had this... Oh, it's on your helmet? Yeah, on my helmet, so yeah. He's wearing this GoPro right here on his helmet cam. And uh, it now looks like this clearly. But the video ends and they capture three guys, which I'll show you guys bits and pieces of that video as we go through here. Um, it's it's interesting. Actually, well, you know what? Get I'll go ahead and put some uh, clips of it in right now. Granada, Granada. Alright, but thanks buddy. I'm just lobbing grenades in these fucking holes. I think there's still people in there. So that right there is what I'm talking about. You you guys get the I get to sit next to this guy who's who's a Ukrainian hero. Um, I would did, say I wouldn't say hero. But. Yeah, did did they give you a purple heart for that? By the way, no, no. I mean, I'm sure. I think I think there's stuff in the works they for, for different. Them. I mean, there is. It's not a purple heart. There, it's a. Uh, it's like else. a. It's like it's called something, but it's it's a purple heart equivalent. Um, and I think there's paperwork in for for that and like some something else. But uh, I mean, you know what kind of sucks about you getting that not having in America is you don't get to use the handicap spots. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Watch me. That's what I'm talking about. That's just kind of funny. Anyway, I'm going to let him tell a story. We're going to start at the very beginning. 
Uh, he was a Marine prior. How long did you serve? I forgot. Uh, like three and a half years is when I got out. Okay, so he did three and a half years. Um, I did just find out. Unfortunately, I was filming. Didn't have his mic turned on, but I did find out during the last 20 minutes we just filmed that the fact he legitimately uh, got out on something called a hardship. Yeah, hardship discharge. Hardship discharge. Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. even heard of one before. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to let you tell maybe the story. I, maybe I was the first. Really? I don't know. No, I, no, I have no idea. No. You're definitely no. not the first, but you're the first time I've ever even heard of it. <laughs> no, no, no. There, it's, a, it's a real thing. Like, I looked it up, like, whenever uh, uh, my uh, my command was, like, offering it to me. I was like, what the hell is this? I don't, I don't know anything about it, but yeah. anyway, this is what we're going to do. And uh, I'm going to let you start from the very beginning. What you did get to where you were, and uh, just go so ahead and go with it. You want, me, you want me to start off, uh, uh, like, going, going to Ukraine also? Same thing. Man. Just like you did, buddy. Let's, let's boogie. All right. So Manscaped is dedicated to helping you guys increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with the new performance package 4.0. This kit comes with the Essential Lawn Mower 4.0. It is waterproof, cordless body trim, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. I'm telling you guys right now, your lady friend or your guy friend, whatever it is, I don't really give. I don't care. You know what? They're gonna, you're going to make yourself feel a lot better, and they're going to love you a little bit more because you, you're nice and smooth and slick, and you look groomed. They just, it just, it's easier to pick up. A uh, significant other. Now, whether you're trimming your chest or your treasure chest inside of your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. Their trimmer features a ceramic blade with a design to cut hair on loose skin. Yes, it cuts that hair on that skin that you can stretch, sags, and you know what I'm trying to get at there. So, reducing those uh, accidents with their advanced skin safe technology. So inside the performance package, you guys will actually find the Manscaped Crop Preserver. It is a ball deodorant. Yes, a crop reviver as well, which is a ball toner and an anti-chafing ball deodorant. And most right. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, you need to check this stuff out. No one likes those nose hairs either. This thing right here. Yes, this thing, the Weed Whacker 2.0 is absolutely phenomenal. Does not tug, does not pull, just trims. You go... And it's all out. It's amazing. I absolutely love it. And right now, you guys get two free gifts as well. The Shed Travel Bag, which is $39 value by itself, and the patented high-performance reducing chafing Manscaped Boxers. My God, give them a shot. If you guys are wearing sandals, you guys will also need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0, the nail kit. Having the right tools for grooming is essential, so do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off right now, plus free shipping, using the code SPEAK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, plus free shipping with the code SPEAK at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles. So, yeah, so uh, February 24th, um, saw what was going on, kind of already knew what was going on, uh, because I knew about it since like two, uh, the war since 2016. Um, but the 24th happened. I hit up some of my buddies that are doing contract work to see if there was any contracts out there. Because when I was in the Marine Corps, you know, 2013 to 16, uh, we're getting out of everything. So I didn't get to go have any fun. So I was like, this is it. This is this is the time to go have fun. Uh, hit, up, hit up my buddies that were doing contract work. And they were all like, no, nah, man, there's no no contracts right now. Not, not for over there. So I was like, damn trying to figure out how to get over there, trying to figure out how to get over there. So then the International Legion thing popped up. I was like, cool, man, that's my, that's my ticket. That's how I get over there. So I um, emailed the, the embassy, you know, my DD-214, all my credentials, all that, all that fun jazz, and uh, waited. I waited about a week, and I didn't hear anything. So then I was like, man, you know, they're getting bombarded with all these people wanting to go over there and help. My, my thing probably just got lost in all the other emails. So... Boom, send it, send it again, sent the, the packet, you know, DD214, all the all the fun jazz. 
waited a week and again didn't didn't hear anything so i kept thinking i'm like man how do i get over there i was talking to different buddies so then i just got on reddit i was like logical store like perfect place to go get all the information you need reddit and uh, somehow I linked up with some guy that had a number for a Ukrainian commander. And he said, hey, man, download Signal and uh, uh, message this guy. So I did. And the Ukrainian commander, uh, I, I messaged him, you know, this is who I am. These are my credentials. You know, how do I get to where you're at? And he said, uh, buy a plane ticket to Poland. Go to this safe house and uh, uh, let me know when you're there and I'll get you into Ukraine. And I was like, that's, that's sketchy. That's pretty sketchy. I was, like, trying to get more information out of him, you know, what unit, like, where is he at, like, are there other foreigners, like, what, are is, is he, I don't even know if he's part of the International Legion, like, all this stuff. And again, he just replied, he goes, uh, buy a plane ticket to Poland, go to this safe house, and then I'll get you into Ukraine. And I was like, okay, let's buy, let's buy a plane ticket. <laughs> let's go. What do, I, what do I have to lose, right? I don't know anybody over there. I don't know the language. What do I have to lose? So, um, God, I was, this is, <laughs> I, I see this is a time where it's just like, I, I like this position I'm in in my life. Cause I'm 33. I've got a kid and I've got another one on the way, but if I was your age single and this was going on and I, my back wasn't as jacked up as it is, I probably 100% one million. I'd, I wouldn't even think twice. I'd have been in there. Yeah. Done the same thing. Yeah. I, but I was telling Yuri on the phone a second ago, I don't even think right now I can get through two or three nights sleeping because I'd be in so much pain. Cause I got right now I'm, I'm, I can't, I don't know what's going on with it, but I would, I would love to be in your position. Not with the eye right now. Yeah. I don't I, recommend I don't, the eye. I don't recommend the, <laughs> I'm eye, out like on the, that the whole eye thing. I don't recommend the eye. I think I would rather have my back situation than the eye situation uh, because your eyes actually, are actually, I don't know. I have a, I have a bad back also. Like I have a twisted vertebrae and a degenerating disc and um, there's days I rather have the eye. Really? Yeah. Well, mine, I, I ruptured three and fractured two. Yeah. You got me beat for sure. On the bottom L seven or L five through L seven. I don't really know if it was jumping L three through five. Doesn't really matter. I'm not intelligent to know. All I know it's a very <laughs> low portion of my back. The, lo- the lower back, <laughs> the lower one and it's jagged. Um, but anyway, I'm yeah. gonna peel, peel you away no, from your man. story. So Absolutely. So you make it over to Poland. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, uh, so at this time, so, so when I'm getting ready to go, like you know, my family's there asking me a, a million questions. You know, uh, you know, what are you gonna be doing? Who are you with? You know, da da da. da. And I can't tell them like I don't know. I wish you would have. Makes for a better story. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, but I, so I just told I him, I was like, I I'm just going over there. I'm just going over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, so I told him that I was, I was like, you know, I have, I have buddies from the Marine Corps. They're already over there. I'm linking up with them. Like everything's good, you know, da, 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 you know, just laying it on thick for them. That way they stop hounding me with a million questions and begging me not to go. So I go to, I get to Poland. I message, I message this commander. I make it to the safe house. I message the commander again and no, no replies. I'm not getting any replies from this commander. Call him, nothing. I'm like, damn, this is not good. But luckily at this at this uh, hotel, it was like in this little village. It was, it was actually a really cool little hotel. Um, I, I need to see if I can find it because like it, I'd love to go back to it. Like it's, it's cool. It's like a... Uh, is food good? The food was good. See, that's the all f- that matters. The food was good. Mm-hmm. good it's, it's Eastern, it's Eastern P- European village food. Like it was, it was good. Nice. Um, but we ended up... So there was several, several other foreigners there, like all going to Ukraine as well. And uh, we actually stayed for free up uh, on like this little loft. Like I don't think it was supposed to be like for sleeping, but like they had mat- uh, mattresses down there on the floor. Like they ran extension cables to like so we can plug stuff in. And it was like on top of like their dining room area, um, which was cool, but also shitty because 
all night long there was like people coming in and out and like eating and stuff like that and like playing loud music so didn't really sleep much but um i, I met this uh, other foreigner um he had a car and uh he was like hey i'm going into ukraine tomorrow like you can just ride with me since you know this commander's not you know hitting you back up so i was like okay cool so we go in and uh i had no idea what to expect like zero idea what to expect go into a, a very short line that was leading into Ukraine. Um, start the, start the, start the process. I give him, you know, my passport and like that. And the other guy, he's, he's like, Oh no, I don't have a passport. I was like, how do you, how do you not have a passport? I'm like, where's he from? Norway. Oh, he was from so, Norway. So, so I think they're part, I think, I think, I think, oh, I, they're part, I think they're part of the e, EU, like where they yeah, don't have to have passports. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, His car was from Norway. Oh, okay. Um, or think some, you some, don't have to like I've learned this by the way just so everybody at home was watching this last year I went to Belgium so you go off course a little track here for a second yeah. I went to Belgium I want to see all the World War II sites I saw yeah. Stone and all that yeah I didn't leave Belgium because I thought I had to cross the borders and I was like ah, I've got a I've got a rental car well come to find out I turned in the rental car and he's like hey where'd you go and I said oh I just went all down there about Stone. He goes, oh did you go to like the Netherlands or you go I said no I just I was scared to cross the border with a car he's like he looked at me and goes we don't, we don't have that problem here. There's like, no borders. Oh, my God. I spent the, my last four days of my trip just going nowhere because I had nowhere else to go. So I could I literally could have traveled through Europe. Yeah, I, I learned I learned oh. the same thing when I was in Ukraine. Like, once you once you get into, like, all those countries that all, I think it's... Safe. Yeah, they're all... <laughs> safe. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Outside of it? <laughs> yeah, the, the, they, uh, they don't have a border. Like, you can yeah, just drive wherever. So stupid. Yeah. No, I didn't know that either, so... But, God, uh, <laughs> it's just... You're so, I felt so... I literally, I've been there for 14 or 15 days, and I could have went. You could have gone to, like, some really cool places. Oh, you don't even start it. I did. I saw a lot of cool stuff. I keep going on your story. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, so, he's like, he's like, oh, man, I don't have my passport. I was like, my guy, like, how are you going to get into Ukraine without a passport? Like, like that's not a thing. And he goes, no, nah, don't worry. Like, we'll get in. I'm like, okay. So, he gives him. I thought it was like his just like his driver's license or whatever um, or or something. He gave him some sort of ID. The lady's doing their their thing, and after like a couple hours, two or three hours, the head commander for uh, the 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 crossing that we were at comes up to us, and he's like, "I'm so sorry for the 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 delay. She, um, she started something that she she shouldn't have started, so now we have to to play out that process. Um, but we're gonna get you out of here as quick as possible." Um, asked us if we were hungry. And we're like, yeah, we've been sitting here for a few hours. We're, we're a little hungry. So he like takes us to, to their, um, like cafeteria area, um, where only like the border guards were and the military were at like, no, nobody else was just like passing through there, bought, bought us lunch and stuff like that. Ate with him, ate with a few other commanders for the border guard or whatever. And then, uh, after a few more hours, you know, sent us on our way and we were, we were good to leave. And I was like, man, how did, how did you get into a country without a like I'm still mind blown that the dude got into the country without a passport. I was like, whatever. So um, we make it into Lviv. We get to a hotel that night, and uh, the next day, like he had several different um, interviews set up with like different different units and stuff like that. One of which was with uh, uh, Damien um, at the time. He was like the face, the spokesperson for the International Legion. Um, I think how he had that, he's, he's also from Norway, which I learned way later on. I thought he was Ukrainian and just spoke Norwegian. No, he's Norwegian who speaks Ukrainian. Um, but, uh, and somehow became like the face for the international legion. But, uh, so we sat down, talked with him. Um, 
didn't really care for what he had to offer. Um, also, with the the horror stories that I was hearing about the International Legion, I was like, eh. So then we had a meeting with the uh, uh, another unit um, down in uh, Ivana Frankivs, which was like about two hours from south of Lviv, two three hours something like that. Um, and it was with the uh, the right sector, and I didn't know much about the right sector at the time. Um, so like on the way down there, like I'm I'm texting my boy uh, back here in the states. I'm like, yo man, like I need to get like all the info on this unit, like who they are, like what they do, like everything. So he sends me a little, a little Intel package and he's like, well, and I'm reading through all that. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Um, don't really agree with them politically, but then like, he also sends me like all their military stuff that they've been doing since 2014. I'm like, these guys are pretty good. Like they're, they're pretty squared away. They got equipment. They got the right men. You know, they're, they're doing work. So we go into this, have this meeting. Oh, are they Nazis? No, they're not Nazis. They're not Nazis. They're not, I wouldn't even say they're neo-Nazis. They are nationalists. Now, most people, just like I did, thinking a nationalist is um, like Nazis, like Nazis, which Nazis are nationalists, but they're extremists. Nazis were extremists. So I guarantee, just based off the little bit I know about you, you're probably a nationalist for America. Me? I guarantee it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you believe that... Okay, this should be entertaining. Let's hear this one. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. Now, not an extremist, just a, a, a nationalist. Do you believe, or some form of nationalist. So do you believe that, you know, like, America should be, like, kind of, like, put first. Like, American people should be put first. Yeah. Like, we should have as much of our own equipment and products made inside of America and not outsourced. Yeah. So you're saying America should be put first above everything else. Yeah. America first. America first. <laughs> that's all. That's all. That's all. And if you break it down, that's all a nationalist is. And that they believe that Ukraine should be put first. Everything should be done inside of Ukraine. We shouldn't be outsourcing all these crazy things outside of it. Now, granted, you're going to have extremists inside of the, that party. I mean, you have extremists everywhere. You know, you have extreme Christians, right? Um, you have extreme Muslims, you know, all this other stuff. You have extremists. It's inevitable. But the party itself are more or less just nationalists. Um, it would be very impossible for Ukraine to make any of the products that they have inside of their country. Just going to throw that out there. 100% they're, impossible. They're, they're not even set up to even make a car right now inside of their country, let alone no, no, anything. No, so, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. What they should be thinking is, how do we become a globalist? <laughs> how do we attach ourselves to everybody? Every, everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be a little bit more smart, but it's fine. Exactly. America, we could be America first because we are who we are. Well, and... Yeah, I mean, a little just bit the, the, the land size, you know, the amount of people. Yeah, just different, different. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, keep, keep it going. So, anyway, so we go have a meeting with them, and uh, um, most of what you read online and everything like that is the the neo Nazis, you know, the mm. this all this crazy stuff. So that's what I have in my, in my mind. So we go, <laughs> we go uh, meet with this guy, and uh, we're in like this. Uh, I guess like the, the city center almost, um, all the buildings, you know, have storefronts, like apartments up top and stuff like that. And, uh, they're like, okay, a guy, a guy's going to come out and meet you. And I'm like, okay, cool. So this guy, we were sitting around waiting, looking around, looking around. I see this guy wearing, uh, black BDUs, black, um, um, combat top and, uh, black boots, like bloused. And like, he's like walking straight towards us. I was like, I bet that's our guy. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know, but, like, I think that's our guy. Sure enough, it's our guy. He comes up. The dude, as soon as he starts talking to us, is like, shaking like a leaf. Like, bam, just... And I'm like, this is weird. Why are you 
Why are you shaking like a leaf? His English is very broken. Um, we could understand each other, but very broken. And he leads us into this building. And this building, um, I'm trying to remember, I think it was a cash exchange place. I think. But um, it was like this long tunnel or a long hallway. And at the end was the cash exchange. But right to the right, right before it was this big steel door, like big steel door. Push the button, buzzer, looked up at a camera, and then you hear you hear it pop, and he swings open this big steel door. I was like, it's a little weird, but okay, whatever. We walk up these stairs, and then there's another huge steel door that he had to hit the buzzer and look at a camera, and it popped. And I'm like, this is this is it. We're, this is where we're coming to die. The dude's shaking like a leaf. We got two foreigners in here. Double, two huge steel doors that I can't open without a buzzer. Like, this is... We're going to die. I'm going to walk into a room with, like, plastic sheets everywhere. Walk in and uh, walk into this room, and uh, there was, like, three other guys and, like, some girl in there uh, with, a, like, a, a couch, a desk, a computer, and stuff like that. And they're like, sit down, sit down. Super friendly guys. Like, probably some of the nicest people I think I've met. Like, super friendly. I was like, oh, this is easy. Okay, cool. So they started asking, you know, uh, who we were, you know, different qualifications, you know, military experience, yada, 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 all the fun stuff. And they're like, yeah, we're forming uh, an international brigade. You know, y'all can join. And we're like, cool, okay, sure, why not? Um, they're like, however, it's going to take like two weeks for everything to get formed up and get you your contracts. We're like, okay, cool, we'll just hang out at our hotel back in Lviv, and when we get our contracts, we'll get our contracts. So we go back to Lviv, and uh, the next day, um, we meet another foreigner. The, uh, the hotel that we were staying at was like foreigner central. Like, all the foreigners passed through there. And he was like, uh, he's like, what are y'all doing here? And we told him like, oh, you know, we're waiting for contracts, you know, uh, to go fight. And uh, he was like, well, I'm at a training facility. Like, do y'all mind like coming and help train? Um, and we're like, hey, man, like, uh, I don't know. I've, I've been out of the Marine Corps since 2016. Like, I don't know if my skills are sharp enough to teach. I was like, I know like they're good. They're mediocre enough for me right now, like to go fight. But like, I, I wouldn't say like teaching. And he was like, man, any little bit helps them like. They have nothing, so whatever little bit that we can provide is is better than nothing for them. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'll go. We'll go check it out. So the next morning we get up, and because you know it beats just piddling our thumbs for two weeks, you know, gives us something to do. We're here to help, so let's go help. So um, the next morning we get up, we go and uh, find out. I thought he was running it, but found out he was actually being ran by these two English officers. Uh, really nice, really nice guy. Um, I sit down with him and talk to him and, and he kind of gives us the, the, the rundown of everything and the lay of the land or whatnot. And, uh, we decided to, you know, to, to help out and teach. I ended up staying there for, for four months. I never went with the right sector. I never, um, one, like our contracts just were never coming. Like, I think after like four weeks, we just like gave up. But the more I learned about them, um, talked to like different people, like different Ukrainian citizens and stuff like that about who they were and stuff like that it was like a coin flip. Like some of them were like 100% about them. And then some of them were like, eh. so I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't go there. Maybe, maybe I find something else out. I'm doing good here anyways. Like I'm just going to stay here and do this thing. So I do that for four months teaching. Uh, first we were teaching the VDF. Um, and then, uh, teaching, uh, uh, I got with different commanders and teaching unit guys when they were coming back on, on rest, man, did you ever train any uh, Afghanis when mm -hmm. you were? Terrible. Horrible, right? I don't get into it. Horrible. It's like herding cats. Ukrainians, exact opposite. Well, they're good. Oh, man. It's like it's like taking a sponge. You know why? It's because they care. That 
does happen to play a big part. Afghans were the worst. Yeah. They were the worst people to work with other than Iraqis. They were both about to be equivalent. <laughs> yeah, no, these these guys were like like uh like a, a l- little kid just absorbing all the bad words that you accidentally say it's around them. They have them. to. Like, cuz cuz if America left or like who they have like that's, Yeah, they would that's have a completely yeah. different scenario than Afghans. You're 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 not wrong at all. But like I was thinking I was like, man, a lot of these things that we're teaching, you know, in our military, we, you're in this one school for several weeks or a month just learning this one thing. And we were teaching, I want to say we were teaching uh, like five or six different things there um, to include like CQB. Um, and I was like, man, CQB alone is at least a month long course. Um, and we we're teaching it in one week. Um, but they were picking it up. They were like like a sponge. It was, it was an awesome experience. Awesome experience. Um, but do that for, do that for four months. And then, uh, had another, uh, a buddy that I met out there, also a Marine, um, teaching medicine, um, T triple C to, to all the guys that way they knew basic, you know, combat medicine. And, uh, I decided, I was like, look, I want to go fight. I'm tired of teaching. It's not why I came here. Let's let me go fight. Well, he was teaching, um, combat, uh, medicine to, to, to medics on the front line, to actual units that were on the front line, needing it right then and there. So I link up with him. We go live in a church for a little while, um, for two weeks, which was uh, weird, but cool. It was it was weird. It was very weird because um, like uh, they have a uh, they have a door guard all day every day, just like some old old man or uh, yeah. old, or or this babushka. Yeah, just door guard all day every day, and uh, ended up finding uh, finding this unit in uh, Mykolaiv, um that. With like, I think there was like eight or ten other foreigners there, and I was like, "All right, cool, I'm gonna come fight with you guys." They they all seemed pretty squared away, so uh, I get my contract, and then um, oh, I go to Ternopil to get my contract, and uh, you know the dude that defected, which one? The American, the one that went up north into Russia. Yes, yeah, yeah. he was there. Oh, was he? Johnny. That guy was a turd, Dr- wasn't he? Drunk Johnny, man. That's what we called him, really? Drunk Johnny. Oh, uh, my God. I remember that well, I, I heard I could, I could probably, I could probably talk an hour and a half just on that guy. Really? Oh, man, dude. I watched... Have you have you seen his, his interview for mm-hmm. when he was in... Oh, man, dude. Yeah. Everything he was saying was... I was like, I was like, no, no, no. Like, I think he... I think he got kicked out of the army after, like... A year or two years like he didn't he didn't do anything he was he did mortars in in the in the u.s army um got i think he got kicked out for being a drunk is 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 seriously what he got kicked out for i I believe if i remember correctly but uh oh man yeah that dude was a clown big clown but he was there but uh so get get um (laughs) get my uh uh contract go go down to mika live to go fight there and i fought there for two months and uh, so I don't have any combat experience. And I made that very clear, like, to everybody that I was with. I was like, I don't have any combat experience. I was like, I have a lot of training being in the Marine Corps, um, but no actual real-world situations. And they're like, oh, it's cool, you know. You don't have it until you have it. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. I just want to give you a heads up. Our first mission is going to be, like, this huge – it's going to be a big, big assault. Um taking two to three kilometers of, of trench line and fields as well as the other half of this village. But we didn't get a mission brief. Like, they don't really do mission briefs. Um, the commanders know what's going on, and, like, they tell a little bit to the guys. But, like, we didn't get a mission brief. We didn't get um, ROEs. We didn't get anything. Just, hey, we're assaulting. Let's go. So we come to find out there's, like, I want to say there's, like, four or five other elements that were, were assaulting with us uh, across, you know, the whole area that we were going. 
And uh, it was supposed to be a timed um, assault. So, like, this element couldn't move until this element captured their piece and, um, you know, different, different. It was, I don't remember the exact exact things. I think we weren't allowed to move until the water tower was captured is, is what ours was. Um, and that was like a kilometer to like to the right of us. Um, so like we hear like there, or let me, let me backtrack. So when we're infilling, we're all piled into this Humvee. Like I'm in the turret. We have four guys sitting on top of the Humvee. Um, and I have, I have videos of these guys. It's they're just sitting on top of the Humvee and then three in, in the seats inside of the Humvee and then our driver. And again, none of us know where we're going. We have a rough idea where the Russians are rough idea, but not exact location. So we're hauling ass. We're going in there. And, uh, all of a sudden we start taking IDF, you know, explosions to the right, a little bit in front of us, a little to the left, back behind us. And we're just, we're going through it. And, uh, all of a sudden, like our, our Ukrainian driver, like he stops in the middle of the road and we're like, yo, is this our, is this where we get out? Like, is this our, is this our point? And like, while we're trying to figure out, he starts driving again. We're like, okay, I guess this isn't, this isn't our spot. So then he drives probably another, I don't know, eight, 900 meters up and then like pulls into the trees and we're like, oh, this must be our spot. You know, like he's, he's getting a little bit of cover for us to, you know, to jump out. And then he backs up and we're like, maybe this isn't our spot. And then he drives forward again a little bit. And we're like, man, what, does this guy even know where we're going? Like, at least he needs to have the mission brief to know where we're supposed to get dropped off at. So he back, he, he, he drives back into the trees and, uh, he, he, he's, he yells go our device. So, so we, we all, we all jump out. We're we pop open the back of the Humvee to start pulling all, all of our equipment. Every single one of us has, uh, rockets. We all have day packs, um, plus our weapons and, and everything. Um, so like we're trying to pull it out of the Humvee as quick as possible. Well, why one of our guys, um, he's also American, um, is standing like on that, that little, the little platform. I wouldn't even call it the bumper. I would say of the, of the Humvee, um, to like reach into the far back of the, the trunk of the Humvee. Um, the dude just starts like going in reverse. So like we're yelling at him. He almost slams the dude into a tree behind him stops he uh the our guy um uh he he jumped he jumped off and then the guy still is like rolling backwards like he didn't completely stop rolled backwards ran him over a little bit and then like hauled ass like just took off so like we're we're making sure like we're under idf the entire time like we're taking we're taking mortars and um so we holler at we holler at him we're like yo man are you good uh uh his name is panda he's a he's an asian american he's call sign panda <laughs> fucking making sure he's good and uh he said he's good his knee was a little tweaked but he was good so then we uh we all get uh we all get into the tree line and uh we're trying to figure out where, where to go next so one of our guys he had the uh he had the radio and uh and he was just waiting to get told you know to move so we're sitting there and we're just taking idf I'm just just taking it and like it's, it's getting close like i think i think it started landing roughly probably 15 to 25 meters from us. Like it was getting close, but we had these cows like all in front of us, like just like walking, like all around us. I was like, you know what? We got to be good. Like the cows aren't running yet. Like we got to be okay. Cows never moved. They just stayed there the entire time, the entire time. So we're sitting there probably, probably about an hour, just taking IDF, just taking it, taking it, taking it. And we see vehicles behind us running back and forth with different guys. 
And then um, all of a sudden uh, on the radio, we get told like, hey, we're, we're, we're evacuating. We're like, well, what? We haven't even assaulted yet. Like, why are we evacuating? Uh, come to find out we were in the wrong position. Um, we were supposed to be like another like kilometer down the road. Um, but they didn't because it was all supposed to be like time delayed, like assaulting this position. It, it was somehow all the timings off. I think this element wasn't supposed to move until this element went, but this element never went. So they're just assaulting and everything was foobar at that point. But while, uh, while we were sitting there taking, taking all this IDF, I was uh, talking to a, a Canadian, um, that was with us and he'd been in, uh, uh, where was he at? I want to say he was in Afghanistan. And I was talking to him. I was, I was like, yo, man, so is this is this kind of how it is? And he was like, eh, yes and no. And I was like, I was like, okay. Cause like we haven't gotten into an actual firefight yet. It was just straight taking IDF. And uh I was like, I was like, did you take like this much, you know, artillery like when you were when you were in? He goes, No, like we we took like some, but nothing, nothing like this. And I was like, okay. So that's when I started learning like this war was completely different than Afghanistan and Iraq. So we exfil, we get back to the house, no AAR, no nothing. So, um, the next day the commander's like, okay, we go again. And we're like, what do you mean go again? Like we just did it and it didn't work the first time. Like, can we get a brief this time? Something, you know, a, a little, a little heads up of what we're supposed to be doing other than just go that way and shoot. No, no, we didn't get that. So we did the exact same thing again, got a shit ton of IDF and then, and then, um, we exfilled again. But that's how that commander was. Like he never, he never gave us like any mission briefs or anything like that. No AARs. So like we had to like do it ourselves. And then we got to a point after, what mission was it? The mission with the minefield. So we get told because the unit that I was in, we were also a, a, a reconnaissance unit. We get told that we're gonna recon a tree line. That there's a possible Russian OPLP. Um, if there is eliminate that position and then hold the tree line until our infantry comes in. We're like, okay, cool. Easy, easy day. So we get to our starting point, which is a Ukrainian held position right here. And then we're supposed to walk down this tree line, which is about a kilometer, give or take. And then we're supposed to take this tree line that went like that way, parallel with, with ours. And then the Russians were supposed to be anywhere between like 500 meters and a kilometer away from that tree line. So we get to our position and we get there. Um, we were supposed to move at night. Um, so we get there like right at probably about an hour before sun, sunset. And we're, uh, our translators talking to the Ukrainians there and they're like, there's a, there's a minefield over there. And we're like, where? And they're like, that route that you're supposed to take, there's a minefield. And we're like, do we have an engineer with us? Like anything? And they're like, no. You want us to, to walk through a minefield at night. So they radioed the commander and the commander was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to we have to take this position tonight, and all of us are looking around. Even even the Ukrainians that were with us, we had a, we had a small Ukrainian element with us because most of the time it was just us foreigners. We had a small Ukrainian element with us, and even they were like, "No, no, that's not happening." Only I want to say like three guys had NVGs. None of us had NVGs or thermals. We just had stock AK forty sevens. Mine was stamped like nineteen sixty five, I think nineteen sixty six. Just basic AK. And, uh, and then our, our, our rockets. So, uh, they're calling like, I think for probably about 45 minutes to an hour, they talked to this commander about, uh, walking through a minefield at night with no MVGs or engineer. So I finally convinced him to, to give us an engineer, got an engineer, um, 
and we stepped off that next morning. I want to say it was like zero four, um, well before uh, uh, sunrise. And uh, engineer goes, um, and he doesn't even he doesn't even uh, demine them. He just marks them. That's all I did was just mark them. So like we're still walking through a live minefield as slowly as the sun is coming up. So you can't really see anything. You're just, we're looking for these red little sticks that were sticking up out of the ground about yay, yay high. That's all we were looking for to not step on a mine. And, uh, and not even any tank mine, like they were all any personal mines. So like at least an any tank mine, like, all right, that's probably not going to go off if I step on it. But any personal mines, like those definitely go off. Um, so we all make it through this tree line or the minefield. And the minefield was roughly, I don't know, 200 meters. Um, cause it was just like a break in the trees is all it was like. And then they mined that. Um, so we go, we, we hang a right and we go down this tree line. We don't see a Russian OPLP, nothing like that. And, uh, so now our, our objective is just to, uh, um, gather any intel that we can, you know, of, of Russians, if we see or hear any Russians moving around or anything like that, and then just hold it until our infantry comes. So we held it roughly, I don't know, like six hours, seven hours. And, uh, I'm at the back of the, the back of our, our, uh, uh, line. And, um, I see, you know, I see some movement and uh, I don't know if it's, you know, Russians, if it's us, I don't, I don't know. So I'm sitting there. I let, I let the guy next to me know like, Hey, we got some stuff on over here. So we're sitting there ready. Like, well, just, just in case they are Russians, like more than likely they were our guys. Cause they were coming from the same, same area that we were coming from, but we're in no man's land. So, I mean, it, it could be anybody turns out to be Ukrainians and there's like 30, 35 of them. And they were not tactfully walking through the tree line, like at all. They were dragging stuff. They were walking in bunches, walking out in the open, like not staying under trees, just huge, huge gaggle fuck all the way down. And I was like, so, so, so they make it to our position and we're loading up, you know, getting everything ready to step off because hey, infantry's here. It's time for us to get 30 minutes goes by. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, that's enough time for, you know, them to debrief them and to get us to start moving. An hour goes by and we're still sitting there and I'm like, we really need to start moving. At this point, we have drones above us now. Like, we got we got drones buzzing. I'm like, they saw them move in. Like, we're about to start getting some type of contact. Like, we need to we need to get. I think it was about an hour and a half, maybe hour, 45 minutes. Um, all of a sudden, we start hearing small arms kick off. And we hear small arms, like, throughout the whole day. But, like, they're, like, a little bit further, further areas and different pockets and stuff like that. But this one was a little bit closer. This one sounded roughly, I don't know, four, 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 three, four hundred meters ish. So pretty, pretty close. And uh, we could hear the Russians shooting artillery all all morning long, and they sounded really close too. Like I haven't heard artillery getting shot off that close before. Not impacting, but like getting shot. We hear the small arms, and we're we're discussing. We're like, hey, is that is that our guys down there getting into a tick, or is that you know another unit? You know, is that what's what exactly is going on and while we're discussing everything and uh um and trying to figure it all out all of a sudden i had a crack go right next to my face and it hit the hit the uh we're sitting in like i'm not even calling it a ditch it was like a i mean it wasn't a trench it was, it was more like a ditch it was maybe maybe two feet deep and like that's where we we're sitting and kind of like hunched down into it because uh just to not be seen and up underneath the tree. But um anyways, I see uh I, I heard I heard the, the the crack and then a little bit of uh, dirt like move right next to right right next to where I was sitting. And I was like, Oh, we're definitely getting shot at. 
like 100%. But we don't know where. We don't know where from because we just know that they're roughly in this position. So our tree line, uh, Russian tree line down here, and then there's another tree line that goes right here. So we just know that they're roughly in this L shape area somewhere. So then, like, it, we start getting cluster munitions dropped on us heavy. Uh, mortars dropped on And I wouldn't even say this was this was direct. Like, it was 100% getting, getting real close to where we were at. Then we couldn't really tell because we hear shooting behind us. We couldn't really tell if it was the Russians shooting at us or if it was our own guys shooting at us. Because, again, we're in no man's land. We don't know if this element over here even knows that we're in this area because... They don't communicate like that, like they should. Um, so we're trying to figure out who we're getting shot at. Is it blue on blue? Is it the Russians? Whatever. And then all of a sudden, we start hearing um, a, uh, a, B, a BTR start opening up. Well, we know we don't have any armor in our in our area. So we know 100% that's not our BTR. And it's, it's shooting right at us. Like, I'm watching, like, trees blow up. Like, right face level, trees are blowing up. And uh, on top of mortars and artillery rounds coming in, our cluster munitions, trying to figure out what to do because the rest of our element is pushed down probably about 100 meters down this tree line because we're all spread out. And then all of a sudden we start hearing uh, uh, like, go, 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 like just screaming. And all of our guys appear and they're all hauling ass back the direction that we came. So we uh, do what everyone else does, pick our shit up and start hauling ass. Because apparently there's four BTRs sandwiching us. Like, so there's two on this side, two on this side. We're in the middle, and they're just bam, 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 just tagging us. So we go. We're still getting cluster munitions dropped on us, everything like that. And uh, uh, we, we, we haul ass, and then we get back to this tree line. And when we got to this tree line, the BTRs are still over in this area shooting where we where we were. They didn't, they didn't see us move. But... They uh, they did, which smart on the Russians' part. I will agree it was smart on their part. They dropped white phosphorus on our tree line right here that we're about to run through. So we hear it pop above us, and uh, it was a weird pop. And we were like, what, what was that? Like, what was that? And then all of a sudden, like, you can smell it. And have you ever smelled white phosphorus? Um... <clears throat> I don't remember. It's, I've shot it plenty of times. I've shot loom rounds and all that kind of shit. I don't remember what it smells like. It's. I don't know if that's a good thing by smelling white phosphorus. It's. It's not. It's, yeah, I don't it's, think it's a good thing. It's, it's a very scary. So when I could say I probably haven't. So so when we were getting shot by the BTRs and like small arms coming in and stuff like that, you know, thirty millimeter cannons blowing trees up right next to us, uh, wasn't scared, wasn't scared, because in my head I was like, if any of this tags me, like I'm done. Like I'm not gonna feel any of it. Like, yeah. like it's just going to obliterate me. So I wasn't scared at all. It was more of just like a fun adrenaline rush of like trying not to get tagged. Um, but when, when the white, when we smell the white phosphorus, we were confused. Cause like we still, like I'd never smelt it before. And then all of a sudden, like everything engulfed in flames. Cause it's summertime, you know, everything's real dry. So like all the, all the, um, I don't even know what kind of field. I think it might've been like a wheat field or something like that. It was all dry and everything like that. All both sides of our tree line completely engulfed in flames. Our tree line, um, different parts of it starts catching on fire right down the middle. That was when I was scared. Biggest fear, biggest fear, burning alive. Not getting shot, not getting blown up, none of that stuff, burnt alive. 
and we had to run through this fire like down the tree line to our to our position inhaling all the smoke from just you know just the burning of all the the grass and wheat and mm -hmm. stuff like that but also like the white phosphorus smoke burns burns it's like um think of the gas chamber yeah but worse gas chamber's pretty bad i can't remember if i met like i've popped so many loom rounds i don't remember like smelling it which is probably a really good thing that's I, I would think that's a great thing. It's probably a good thing I have not breathed that in. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's going to be a um, what are those what are those little settlement yeah. commercials? <laughs> <laughs> were you were you in Don't, Ukraine yeah. and <laughs> did you drink the water from Camp Lejeune? Exactly yeah. one one of those things. One of those things. I'm sure there's going to be something like that in the next you know. No, that sounds pretty miserable. Years. But I mean, so I, I'm showing like pictures. So you still have to run back through a minefield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we ran through the minefield. That's what I'm saying. So you have to run back through the minefield after you just had. Why a loom round shot on top of you, which is pretty smart. I'd be honest with you, that's actually really Well, smart. that's what, I, their whole, their whole, so yeah. the reason why that the, the Russians started engaging us is so, um, I guess, yeah, so the, the Ukrainian element, and the reason why that we were there for so long, the Ukrainian element that moved in was an infantry unit, it just wasn't our infantry unit. It was another. It was another infantry unit, and their task was not to set up shop where we were holding for them. Their mission was to assault the Russian element. That was right there. They just forgot to tell everybody. I mean, that's common, I guess, with Ukrainian from all the from what I found out so far. Communication is not their strong suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like yeah. I would, I, I wouldn't know. even put it in like the top ten. It's definitely one of the lower lo lower level things. Um, so that was down in Mikolov. Yeah, yeah, that was down in Mikolov. Yeah. Then anything else? This is before. They yeah, this is before, way, but this was this was over the summer. Yeah, this is before this. No, that's probably like the. The craziest thing that happened um, when I was in Mikolaiv was was that, oh, and and I got and I got strafed by a jet while taking a shit while taking a shit. I like it. Yeah, no, yeah. You did tell me that. Yeah, I told you my shit story. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were. Uh, but we're, so so you moved from Mikolaiv back to the states. Yeah. So yeah. So in the state or uh, in Mikolaiv, and then um, I was uh, tired of all the. Uh, myself is and some of the other foreigners were tired of all the suicide missions that this commander was was sending on it because again no mission briefs no nothing and just straight suicide missions um so i started talking with a uh, with an army recruiter back here in the states and because i don't have any va rating or anything like that so i was like you know i'm gonna go back and you know submit all these claims and get 100 percent va and all this other good stuff um, so I came back to the States to, to do that. The recruiter said everything was going to be good, but ended up having the good old shafting story from the recruiter. Apparently they're still waiting on paperwork from the Marine Corps. And this is, that was in October and we're in May now. So was that six months? Something like that. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're never going to get in. You're out on that. Don't put that juju on me. No, you're never going to back in. It's never going to happen. That, that's no juju. You just, you can't, you can't see anymore. <laughs> So no, so you went back. <laughs> they, they, they have guys with like one leg that go in. Yeah, well, the army were, literally accepts. If no. you, I don't even think you have to have a pulse to get in the nah, army. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. I just poked my eye right there. That's what I get. Don't recommend. <laughs> um, so came you, back to do the the army thing. Got shafted. Um, stayed here for the holidays and then went back to Ukraine. Um, January eighteenth, I think.